getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash FarmEnergyAssessment. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live. We're just going to let this stream settle in. Let it breathe. Hashtag, right? Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, literally, as we're firing up, just getting ready to hit the go live button, news breaks. Uh, who, who reported? Now I'm not sure who. I think it was Schefter. The Denver Broncos, according to Adam Schefter, it, it has since been confirmed by other Denver-sourced reporters, has reached an agreement on a one-year deal with Jeremiah Attachew, who the Broncos kind of brought in as a mid-season mercenary in the wake of the Bradley Chubb injury last year. And he went on to make quite a sizable impact down the stretch. Once he settled in, once he kind of got a feel for Fangio's scheme, three and a half sacks, your gut reaction. It's a good move, and it's something that we've been clamoring for, Chad, the last couple podcasts. I mean, we've been asked, should the Broncos bring in Clay Matthews or Jadeveon Clowney or another edge rusher or Everson Griffin? They don't need those guys when they have Vaughn and Chubb, and now you're adding to a drill. Casey can push from the middle, and on the outside, you have two young guys already. You have Justin Hollins. You have Malik Reed, but attach you for being a veteran presence, a guy who can give a couple reps every game, can spell the edge rushers. I like this move, Chad. There's no downside to it. It's not going to break the bank for the Broncos, and it gives them some insurance just in case Vaughn gets hurt, Chubb suffers some sort of setback or another injury. There's no downside to it. I like this a lot. Yeah, I mean, this is a talented dude that works very hard. He's got an excellent work ethic from everything I've been told about Jerry Attachew. And again, you can't put a, a premium on getting a an experienced edge rusher who now knows the scheme, can come in, and you figure now that he knows the scheme, I mean, last year, again, once, once the – once he kind of assimilated all the newness of being in Denver, and Fangio's scheme is complex, even for front seven guys. It takes time to get up to speed. And then he produced three and a half sacks. I don't think it's outside, Zach, the realm of the possible, projecting forward into 2020, that he could be a five to six sacks uh, guy for this this team in relief of Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. And let's remember, Chubb is recovering from that ACL tear, which is the second of his playing career. There's no reason to expect that he's going to have any kind of setback or anything like that. But 
in the event that he does, you have now a viable insurance policy. And that's to say nothing of Malik Reed and Justin Hollins and anyone else they might end up drafting in April. You can never have too many edge rushers shot in the NFL on any given team, any given Sunday. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the Broncos have two of the best in the business, but they're going to have a lot more sacks this year. I think just in the year two of Fangio's scheme, players are more comfortable adding Gerald Casey, adding what I think is going to be an upgraded secondary overall with Callahan and Boye. The Broncos are going to pile up the sacks. And I think, just as you said, Attachu will be a benefactor of that. I would not be surprised to see him flirt with seven or eight sacks this year, even in a, a reserve backup role behind Chubb and Vaughn. It's good news. It's filling yeah. another hole. Maybe not necessarily uh, as gaping a hole as as maybe one more cornerback or maybe defensive line or one more defensive end. I just that's still nagging at me. You know, I published an article today. Three moves the Broncos could make still in free agency and defensive line, cornerback, or two of the three. Go check it out at milehighhuddle.com. We uh not a ton of news happening today other than, of course, just, just now you had Jerry Attachu sign, and we'll continue to talk about that, uh, implications thereof, and we'll take your questions. We also wanted to talk about the implications of what Melvin Gordon had to say today on uh, Colin Cowherd's show that he has heard from Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay reached out to him, being a, you know, being the man that Philip Lindsay is. He reached out to his new teammate, and no hard feelings there. And what that really means, we're going to get into that. But first, guys, I just want to welcome in everybody that has been hanging out in the room. Shooter, Buana, Noble Young, Stoney, Robert, the list goes on. Andrew, Derek, it's good to see you guys. Thanks for hanging out and getting the conversation started. And uh, Zach and I today, you know, toward the end especially, things start popping and, you know, we might be, be delayed by a small window of time. We We try not to be, but every once in a blue moon. That's going to happen. Guys, make sure you are following the show. A couple of quick matters of business before we get back into the uh, meat of today's show. Follow the show on Twitter at HuddleUpPod, simply the best way to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with this show in real time. And while you're at it, while you're on Twitter, head on over and follow also the mother account at MileHighHuddle. And guys, just another friendly uh, reminder when you get some time, head on over and check out the merch store at huddleuppod.com. You can get a hat like the one you see Zach and myself wearing. There's a mile high huddle kind of dad hat, same color blue, but not the snapback flat bill. It's more of like a form fitting ball cap looking type deal that's available. You guys can uh, get a hoodie. You can get shirts. There's Zach got a uh, tank top up. So lots of different things, whether you're male, whether you're female, there's something for everybody. It's just another organic way to support the show. And then one last thing, Zach, while I'm thinking about it, that I want to run by, I've received an outpouring of responses from our great listeners in Broncos country based on what I talked about yesterday on the website at milehighhuddle.com, the community component. We've had requests to get a chat room going and different things. And I've received, honestly, a, a massive outpouring of people wondering, well, how do we do it? I just want to very quickly just take 15 seconds and just show you guys something really quick. I'm going to do a really uh, – Quick share screen here. Let me grab it. And I just want to show you guys quickly. When you go to milehighhuddle.com, as you can see here, you got your news banner at the top. You've got different rooms that you can post in and different stories. If it's a draft story, it's going in draft. If it's a film breakdown, news, top stories, etc. As you scroll down, you'll see right here, featured 
and community. If you click on community, as long as you're logged in, and again, it's free to be a member at milehighhuddle.com. As long as you're logged in, you can create posts, create conversations, and it will generate all kinds of engagement and just keep the community going. When we're not live and podcasting, the conversation can continue at milehighhuddle.com. And so long as you're logged in, it's easy to do. And I just wanted to make sure people understood how to do that. It's super easy. We've got guys like Buana. I mean, you can see here, Bronco Willie. A lot of people, I believe Broncos, that's Justin, Bear, uh, B&B. A lot of people migrating over there. And it's also really good for the website. The more time you spend on the site, the better it is for Mile High Huddle. So take a look at that when you get some time. No big deal. But if you're one of those who wants to keep that conversation going, it's a simple no-brainer. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, Zach. So getting back, well, really quick, before we we lose this uh, comment stream, before it gets out of control, I saw a couple of super chats stacking up, and we don't want to neglect our superstars here today. Bear with us one sec here, guys. I know Steve had a specific request. We're, we'll get to your specific request. Um, also, so did Jeff Cohen. We'll get to that one second here. Where to go? Steve jumping in. $5 donation. Appreciate Thanks, you, Steve. Steve. That means the world to us, buddy. He says Broncos reached agreement on the one-year deal with Jeremiah Attachu per Adam Schefter. That broke right as we were jumping on, and we'll continue to talk about that. I feel like I'm missing one here. Hold on one second. All right, Zach, grab this phenomenal uh, outpouring of support from Drew real quick, and I'm going to check something wow. out. Bye, Drew. Drew. That, that's phenomenal, dude. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Drew. We definitely appreciate that. It's, it's completely humbling. He said, I got to talk about Gordon. He's good, but I don't like paying him $16 million. He's played one full season in five years. Lindsey is dirt cheap right now, and he has as many a 1,000-yard seasons as Gordon in three less years. Drew, you're really echoing everything or most things I touched on in yesterday's show. I got a lot of flack for it. Um, you and I are in the minority, I think, with that opinion, where Philip Lindsey was the preferred option over Melvin Gordon. They had a good running back already, and you're giving a 
whether it's a 1A or 1B option, you're giving him $16 million, almost all of which is guaranteed when you have a pro bowler, a homegrown guy on the roster. I'm not going to get too deep into it today about Melvin Gordon. We have more to talk about, but I definitely agree with what you're saying there. We just have to hope they work in harmony. I do like, though, as Chad alluded to at the beginning of the show tonight, that Philip Lindsay has taken it in stride. He is such a man, the way he's uh, reaching out. He's such a consummate professional, and uh, if they can work together, they have an opportunity to be a really successful duo I just have my reservations. I have my doubts as to whether the Broncos should have used that money to put it toward other areas. I got to uh, vault this. Unfortunately, it's not going to let me go back. It's, it irritates me that it does that. Uh, I sent a ticket into the stream service we use about that. Hopefully, that'll be solved in the near future. Ed, Drew, that's a good point. And hopefully, you were on yesterday's show where Zach and I talked a lot about it. I don't want to bog down the podcast again, rehashing it. No offense, Drew, and that's not to dismiss what you're saying here at all. It's we like the player. We don't love the contract. That's the best way to sum it up is, is it's just a simple, you know, it's a weighing of, of player versus value. Hopefully he comes through big time for this team and he and, and Philip Lindsay can indeed end up being that one-two punch that the, the team is talking about, a Pro Bowl one-two punch. Oh, my goodness, guys. Things are, are stacking up, going crazy. All right. Let me see if I can – this thing's being slow today. Bear with me one sec. I'm going to grab Edward this is, real quick. This is pretty funny, though. I'm sorry, Chad. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just uh, highlighting it's not fun unless they give me grief about it. And, yeah, anyone who watched yesterday's show, I got a lot of pushback from Melvin Gordon, but uh, I understand that it's an unpopular opinion, but we have to just wait and see how it works out, as Drew alluded to. Here go ahead, is. Chad. So, Steve, the comment streams was hopping. I, I couldn't show the individual card. It passed it up. It wouldn't let me go back up. I saw it stacked at the top. But anyway, that's phenomenal, Steve. Thank we you appreciate so you so much, dude. You've been such an ardent and outgoing supporter of this channel and of this podcast. You're active on t- social media with us. You're yeah. sending us links, making sure we're plugged in, seeing different stories popping. And I just want you to know we really appreciate you. And not just because of this donation. I mean, generally speaking, dude, you you mean a lot to us. Right. And you're a big part of this community. And it's just, uh, it's good to have you on. I'm glad you're on today's show, man. It's it's good to see you. All right. One thing that also we need to bring up that was on Steve's mind here. Gosh, man, they're stacking up. I, we can't miss these. Is the fact that Philip Lindsay did reach out to Melvin Gordon. And Zach, in so doing, you know, we've talked about one of the biggest things that irritated me about the Melvin Gordon deal without rehashing a bunch of stuff is just the implications on Philip Lindsay. And if you're Philip Lindsay, you still don't have that new deal. There's got to be a part of you that is is upset, that is hurt, insulted. Some people have used the word dis, uh, disrespected. In, I'm not necessarily saying that. However, it takes a, a bigger person. Not that Melvin Gordon did anything to him. Melvin Gordon's just doing his thing, right? He's getting his. He's taking the opportunities as they come. If anything, it's from the front office that Philip Lindsay's going to have any kind of a beef. Right. And he's showing that by being a man reaching out to his new teammate and welcoming him to the Denver Broncos as was found, as we learned today on the Colin Cowherd show. And again, shout out to Steve Baumgartner for pointing me in that direction. Well, look at the parallel here. Last year, Joe Flacco came out and admittedly said he was not going to be a mentor to Drew Locke. He wanted nothing to do with them. He he actively ignored him on the sidelines. He wouldn't high-five him. So now you have Philip Lindsay, who has much less skin in the game than Joe Flacco. He's making that call. He's taking the initiative unprompted upon himself to make the first move there. And for someone like Philip Lindsay, I don't worry about the disrespect angle too much or him feeling burdened. He, is, he knows nothing but that, Chad. He knows nothing what it's like 
to have chips on his shoulder, not just one, but a whole bag of Doritos right there on his shoulders. And he knows he has to overcome this like he overcame everything else in his career, college-wise, professionally, the depth chart, the players in front of him. He's constantly had to face competition, whether that was Royce Freeman, whether that's Devontae Booker, whoever's in the backfield, Theo Riddick last year temporarily with him, he's always overcome that. And I think it'll make him a better player from that perspective. I just hope by association, he's not taken off of the field to put Melvin Gordon on the field. I don't want to lose that playmaking ability. That's where I fall short with this from. I don't want to take Philip Lindsay off the field when he's your best offensive player. He is your spark plug. Melvin Gordon's a good running back, but to me, he doesn't offer the same things from a game-breaking perspective nowadays as Philip Lindsay can offer. You know, this was something I wrote when the Melvin Gordon signing was made on Friday is that Philip Lindsay, man, he's had the, the kitchen sink thrown at him. He's, ha- he's had the whole house thrown at him in terms of obstacles. Not one yet in his career has been great enough to keep him off the field, right? He's found a way to persevere, battle through depth charts, battle through not even getting invited to the combine, not getting drafted, starting at the very bottom of a Broncos running back depth chart. And by midseason, climbing up to be the guy, Pro Bowl, the rest is history. I don't see this as being one that's going to stop him either. And I think the two of them are going to end up forging a friendship. And you know what? As, as long as Lindsey's getting those 15 to 20 touches every game alongside Melvin Gordon with a young quarterback, you know, hopefully you can balance the attack that way. And that would spell good things for everybody. I think Philip Lindsay, as you said, he brings that game-breaking ability to the table every time he touches the ball. And I'm hoping that with Pat Shermer in the fold, there are going to be more creative and uh, cutting-edge ways of getting him that ball. Maybe more in space to where he can utilize his, his speed and explosiveness and short area quickness to gash the defense and make some big plays. Jeff jumps in. $5 donation. Appreciate you, you, Jeff. Attach you back on board. You guys think DB, the Denver Broncos are putting out hype about rugs as a diversion, sleight of hand because they want someone else? Hashtag state of being. And Jeff, appreciate you, bro. What he's speaking to, in case you guys missed it, is the Broncos, I don't know, it was a, I saw it on Twitter today, something about maybe it was a mock draft roundup or something that experts, media are saying we're going to take Henry Ruggs in the, in the first round. What do you guys think? What not? They are talking about it, oddly. Now, granted, the people running Denver Broncos media and the people running Denver Broncos social media are not necessarily the same people making football decisions for this team. However, one hand washes the other. They're not going to go out on a limb if the football side is telling them to not do this or don't let this get out or don't exasperate this issue. They're not going to. So I think that is, Zach, an issue, Henry Ruggs, as a possible likely target in round one that the team is comfortable being out there. Yeah, I don't think they can even hide their interest in him at this point, Chad. Everyone knows around the NFL they need another receiver. Everyone knows it's a, it's a stack class, and everyone knows that if there's one guy to drop, it might be Henry Ruggs to number 15, or they might move up for him. I wouldn't look at this or read into this as the Broncos trying to play games or have smoke screens. They would only be playing themselves if they did that. They need a receiver desperately, and my bigger indication was they didn't even touch that position at all, Chad, in free agency. They were leaving that an offensive line or tackle specifically untouched until the draft. So uh, all indications right now still point to it being either Ruggs or Lamb or Judy or Mims or someone coming next month. Jake Gerard jumps in on Super Chat. Appreciate you, Thank brother. You. And Jake, if you're on Twitter, let me know. Either reach out to me or in the comment stream. Hopefully, hopefully I can see it. And let me know what your handle is so that we can tag you after this podcast. He says, hey, guys, if we don't sign a corner, do you think we will draft more than two in the draft? 
Zach, what's your answer? I don't think more than two. I think two would be a good number. It can be stacked or staggered in this in the you know second and four, third and fifth. I don't think it's going to be three cornerbacks. They don't need that many. They have two really solid guys. They have a, a young guy that they're hype, they're hype on, and they still have Yadam, who if he's a number four, you can do worse than having him there, just not as a starter. So two cornerbacks most for me, but I would not put that above the other positions more than a tackle or more than a receiver, more than a guard or a center. They're going to get a corner. I just prefer one of those guys. If they're getting two, it's a veteran like a Mukamara, and not have to rely on two uh, inexperienced rookies. For what it's worth, Bashad Breeland is also still out there. Logan Ryan is still out there. I'm not in love with the idea of Logan Ryan. I like the idea of Bashad Breeland, though. And, of course, Prince of Mukamara would be a plug-and-play scheme fit for Vic Fangio and Ed Donato. Blake wants to know on YouTube, he says, I'm finally able to get live. Sorry for missing so many live pods. Hey, it's all, all good. good, dude. But if we don't go receiver in the first round, would going Javon Kinlaw be our best bet? Great pod, guys. Thank you for all you guys do. No, thank you, Blake. Thank you, Blake. Um, I would be, honestly, I know this is a semi-controversial take. and I mean, even the Broncos seem to have a preference, obviously, in terms of the messaging we just talked about. But I would prefer Javon Kinlaw over Henry Ruggs. Now, crucify me, put me up there. I understand if that's not what you want to hear. But I think they can get, and this was something that uh, – who was it? The Move the Sticks podcast talked about that the third round of this year's draft is going to be replete with stud wide receivers. So if they're saying day uh, early day two, second round, third round is going to be replete with with impact wide receivers. I'm saying go get a guy like Javon Kinlaw in the first round to be your long term starting uh, five tech. He might not be able to make the same impact out of the gates that. Maybe a different position would. We don't know that for sure, but just going off of tradition, it kind of takes D-line guys a little bit longer to turn the corner. So you're not necessarily jumping leaps and bounds out of the gates in the short term, say, than you would if you were going with Draymond Jones as a starter in year two. But over time, over a two- or three-year window, Javon Kinlaw has the skill set and the potential to be end up being the best defensive lineman in this class, no disrespect to Derek Brown. It's kind of like last year when the uh, the Titans got Jeffrey Simmons, and he came on late, and he's, he blossomed at that time for them, and it was seen as a steal because he fell a little bit in the draft. The same thing for Kinlaw would apply. He's my preference, Chad, among non-offensive players, a realistic preference. I prefer a receiver first. I just think this class is too top-heavy, and I would want that premier guy to be with Drew Locke for the long term. If not a receiver, I wouldn't mind a tackle like Tristan Wirfs, you know, maybe Becton. Then you go to defense, though. Ken Law is my guy at 15. If it comes to that, I would not cry at all. He has the potential to be just a monster next to Jarrell Casey, you know, next to uh, Mike Purcell, middle of that defense. A lot, though, would have to do with Derek Wolf's status. If they bring him back, I don't think they will go defensive line that high in the draft. So they want to get Draymond Jones a shot, apparently, in a bigger role this year. But if they don't sign Derek Wolf, they don't sign Shelby Harris, they have a need there, I would not cry at all if Ken lost the pick. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, 
the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Astro TM, I don't know if you're making a joke. We have we appreciate the donation. We have flogged that horse to death up to this point. <laughs> Stu jumping in from the top rope wow, with a Stu. massive donation. Um, freaking Mount Rushmore himself, no Stu, Stu McPeak of the Mile High Huddle community. We love you, brother. Hope hope everything's going okay in the friendly skies of these United States. And by the way, you know we finally started getting a semi-positive message from the federal government today with regard to what's happening with COVID-19. I don't want to bog down the podcast going necessarily down that, that train of thought, Zach, but it was more positive, positive messaging today, which, you know, you're, we're on, uh, we got seven days of the 15 days to limit the, the spread in under our belts. And it makes me a little bit more hopeful that by the time we get through this coming weekend, we'll start having some better news in terms of, you know, opening things back up. And Stu, I know that affects you as a pilot, so we're hoping you're you're hanging in there and everything's okay. I can't remember what country it was. I don't know which Asian country, but they actually reduced their crisis level, their emergency level today to, to this. And they had rush hour traffic for the first time in a couple months. In Italy, a couple of days ago, their cases, they reported uh, less deaths or, or less new cases. So I, I don't want to say we're definitely not in the clear and this is not good and everything can't return to normal right now. But Chad and I, I think, are optimistic more so than most that we will have normalcy soon. We will have a season. We'll all get back to living our lives without this social distancing and all this other stuff going on. And Stu, your donation in these times, everyone's donation, everyone's interaction, everyone's commitment to us and devotion to our podcast through these times is even more appreciated. It's it's so humbling and there are no words to describe it. It's just pure appreciation and gratitude. And I can speak for Chad when I say that. I mean, after each podcast, last night after our podcast, Zach and I just sat and chit-chatted for 15 minutes and we were just both stunned and, yeah. you know, figuratively pinching each other through this, this screen going, how lucky are we? How blessed are we? What a phenomenal uh, fan base is Broncos country. What an outgoing listenership and community do we have? Guys like James Dean right here. Prayers up for you indeed, my friend. He says, hey, guys, I really want to donate, but I have bad news about my job due to the coronavirus. Oh. and need to really watch my money. I love you guys. Pray for me, please. Whatever you do, I really need it. Prayers up for sure, James. You'll be in our, our thoughts and prayers and each and every one of you who are going through. I mean, everyone's going through anxiety right now. Some are being a little bit more affected on the economic level than others with regard to their jobs. And economics are a real concern. I mean, economics can be life and death for human beings. So it's something that I take as seriously as the medical threat, to be honest with you. And it's controversial sometimes. I get in a little bit of trouble on social media, but I take it just as seriously because, I mean, I've already talked to people who've lost, you know, a third of their net worth just in the last seven, eight days because of what's happening. And it can, if, if, you know, it could, it could even get worse. And I don't want to bog down the pod and get negative. What's important today is coming from the White House was a message of positivity and a message, Zach, that, you know, this isn't going to be months. It's going to be a, within weeks. And we're going to have some really good news. 
Yeah, James, I'm so sorry to learn that anyone who's affected by this uh, this pandemic, uh, my, my heartfelt, you know, thoughts and prayers are out to you. I'm sending you all good vibes. And uh, Chad and I, I guess we're fortunate that we work remotely already from home. But for anyone who's affected by this, anyone who has to alter their lives significantly, especially professionally with families and bills, uh, it's just an awful situation all around. But maybe take comfort in knowing that, like Chad said, it's not going to be the long term. It's not going to be the permanent. We're going back to our normal relatively soon. So keep your head up and hang in there. David jumps in. Appreciate you, David. Thank you, David. $5 donation. He says, if Drew Locke does do well in 2020, does not do well in 2020, do you think it's possible we draft Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. in 2021? I honestly don't, unless it's like catastrophic bad. Like if Drew Locke comes out and just completely steps on his you-know-what and is just a categorical wreck, which it's not going to happen, unless it were that level of fail. I don't see the Broncos going back to the well anytime within the next three years. He's going to get his rookie contract to prove that, you know, I'm the guy and I'm going to get a second contract and you can trust me. I'm really not worried about that with regard to to Drew Locke. Trevor Lawrence, if he ends up anywhere in 2021, it's probably going to be freaking New England, dude. Yeah, exactly. And unless either a bad, just cataclysmic performance or an Alex Smith type career threatening injury from Drew Locke, which, you know, knock on wood, we don't want that to happen. But there's only two scenarios I see the Broncos going back to that. Well, they finally have a young guy and franchise quarterbacks take at least three, at least three years to see what you have in them to develop and going into year three should be his his peak. So give him this year, give him next year, and then we'll reevaluate after 2021. And that's the approach the Broncos are taking. So they're confident they've got, they found their guy. I mean, even the outside world is confident that that uh, Drew Locke is the truth. Geo jumps in. Our friend George, ten dollar donation, Thank super you, superstar. Appreciate, Appreciate you, George. You. He says, "I don't want to see Wolf go to the Patriots or any other team. We need him on our Broncos." And that brings up one of the other news pieces from today. I can't remember now off the top of my head who it was somewhere back east reported that the Patriots have an interest in Derek Wolf. Have talked to him. There's been no deal up to this point, Zach, but I know every Broncos fan that read that report at milehighhuddle.com was just cursing under their breath. Because Wolf is like that prototypical Bill Belichick guy. I'm not talking about just his skin color either. He's just a hard worker. He gets after the quarterback. He's all about the team and all about winning. So he'd be a really good fit in New England. But I have to feel if they wanted him by now, Chad, they saved a lot of money by not you know, re-signing Tom Brady. So if they wanted him, they probably would have signed him. Every day he's on the open market is good news for the Broncos. But now it's time. It's the second wave of free agency. Take that proactive approach. Go get him back on a one, two-year deal. Throw him some incentives. Throw him some guaranteed money. And and let him come back to Denver where he thrives. Let him just maybe wind down his career, pass a torch to Draymond Jones. It is the best landing spot still is Denver for Derek Wolf, And I want that deal to materialize to at least to take away one more need going into the draft next month. Yeah. And I still think he's got a lot left in the tank. And again, next to Justin Simmons, Derek Wolf took to the Vic Fangio scheme better than anybody else. I mean, he yeah. was leading this team in sacks when he went down with that elbow in week 13. And even though Von Miller ended up as usual, leading the team in sacks by the time it was all said and done, he only posted one sack more than Derek Wolf, and he appeared in, let's see, 12 games that, that Wolf appeared in, Vaughn appeared in 15. So he appeared in three more games than Wolf and only got one more sack. Wolf has value. I know you got to worry about his, his health a little bit. You got to worry about his durability, but you build that into the contract, even if that means short term, one year. Let him re examine a year from now, hit the market again. I think it could be advantageous for both sides. TG jumps in. Super chat, superstar. Appreciate you, brother. Thank $20 you. $20 donation. Hello to you, my friend. It's good to see you. 
Edward jumps in as well. $20 donation. You, Appreciate Edward. you, Ed. Sorry to keep you waiting, my brother. He says, uh, with the Broncos done in free agency, what do you think the Broncos do in the draft? In order from the first draft pick to the last, what positions do you get first? Well, first of all, I know there was that report, Ed, that uh, the Broncos were hitting pause from Mike Kliss. But just the news, for example, today that they re-signed Jerry Attachu, I mean, there will be other moves to be made, yeah. and I think the bulk of them are going to happen this week and next week. But that being said, what do you think the Broncos do in the draft? I think wide receiver is the name of the game. Wide receiver, defensive line, offensive line, cornerback, maybe an off-ball linebacker. They just don't seem that panicked about linebackers, Zach. And they don't. And uh, I just think Fangio, like we always talk about, Chad, he loves making chicken salad out of other chicken parts. And he did that last year with A.J. Johnson. And, and you know, as much as I don't like Todd Davis, you can get by with him. You can scheme around him. So off-ball linebacker isn't a pressing need. Like you said, though, wide receiver as a starter and for depth, offensive line as a starter and for depth, those are the two most important positions. And no coincidence, Chad, they both revolve around Drew Locke. Again, it's the number one goal of Denver this offseason is to do what it takes to put as much weaponry and security around Drew Locke. Our friend Dale jumps in from Hawaii with a wow. massive donation. Dale. We appreciate you, Dale. Thank you so much, Dale. You know you don't have to do that, brother. He says, I know we all like Isaiah Simmons in the draft, but have you gents heard of Jeremy Chin? This is Atwater's nephew, six foot three, 215 pounds, runs a 4-4, productive, 13 picks, can tackle. Only thing is, small school. This would be a great second-day pick, in my opinion. Again, Dale, your generosity is just it, – it, Yeah, It's so appreciated, man. We love you, bro. Um, Jeremy Chin, for those of you who missed it, he is the nephew of the great Steve Atwater, the Hall of Fame Steve Atwater. Matt, still feels so good to say that. Hall of Famer Steve Atwater. But, yeah, he's uh, he's a dynamic player that has helped himself during this pre-draft process. Last I checked with the Mile High Huddle uh, draft gurus like Eric and Nick is that he's probably cruising for best-case scenario, late second round, likely end up being a third-round pick. And the Broncos up to this point, Zach, they don't have that third safety lockdown. They lost Will Parks. Trey Marshall uh, showed some – Encouraging signs in those two games that Kareem Jackson was suspended to end the season, but I don't think you want to, you don't want to rest on your laurels with regard to that big nickel number three safety. So if a guy like Chin is there in the third round, I'm okay with that for the Broncos. I think that'd be a great fit and it'd be a phenomenal story for us to cover as media as well. Yeah, he's a really, really talented player all around, just a great athlete. He's going to be a good NFL player. Uh, second round, a little too rich for my blood considering the Broncos' other needs, offensive line and wide receiver. The, the needs that we touched on already, they already have two really, really top flight safety. So to use a second round pick at that position for a third guy wouldn't be the best allocation of assets. The third round I can get on board with, but I think that third safety will come in the middle rounds, the fourth, fifth, or sixth rounds. It is not an overly big need. I think with Vic Fangio, he can turn those third safeties like he did with Justin Simmons. He can turn safeties into better players. So investing a high-round pick on a guy as good as he might be, I can't get on board with him being in the second-round pick. Other bigger fist to fry. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. 
Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You guys know our friend Ron W., Super Chat Superstar, jumped in and the comment stream has been so hot and heavy that it passed the card, so I'm doing this to vault Ron's question and donation. Thank you, Ron. You know, Thank we you. love you, brother. He says, I saw an article about the Patriots' interest in Wolf. Thoughts? I don't think this would happen considering the COVID limitations and Belichick seems to be rebuilding the defense. First off, as much as – thank you, Ron, dude. Seriously, that that means the world to us. You yeah. know that. There is, unfortunately – and this could end up being a fortunately for Denver, but it's unfortunate for Derek Wolf this whole COVID-19 thing because any interested team – uh, outside of Denver that wants to take a look at Derek Wolf, getting up close look, ended last year on injured reserve. He's got the elbow. He's had neck issues. He's had a few different things that team doctors are going to want to get an up close look at in a, in a physical. He can't travel. And that has significantly limited his opportunity and any player who hit free agency coming off an injury, a serious injury last year. So hopefully that could play to the, to the Broncos uh, benefit. And I think the longer Zach this stretches, the more it does. I would hate to see Derek Wolf sign in New England. And honestly, as an Elway guy, I would be surprised if Derek Wolf took that offer to go to New England, if there is an offer, if one does come his way, unless it was the only offer. If it, Unless it was the only offer, then I don't think Derek Wolf wants to take any kind of job and go play in New England, to be honest with you. A little housekeeping note. I just banned that troll for anyone who's wondering in the comments. We had that big Drox guy was just dropping it. I don't know if he's a Chiefs fan or what, but he's not there anymore. So take uh, take some comfort in that. In terms of Derek Wolf, I agree with you, Chad. Uh, the Broncos, th- this is where they have an advantage. Their doctors know Derek Wolf's you know, status. They know his injury. They know his medical history. They have that on file already. The Patriots don't. 30 other NFL teams don't. So that's what the Broncos, if they want him back, they can get him back right now. I think he can pass a physical. And I think it's exactly the reason why no other team has pulled the trigger on Derek Wolf because he's so injury prone. He's unreliable in that sense. And he's dealt with his fair share of career threatening ailments. I just think it's it has to happen. They need another starting defensive end. He's on the open market. So he'll come back on a relatively cheap deal. It just uh, makes too much sense to me. 
Astro TM jumped back in, and this is the last one, I believe, that the comment stream passed up. If not, we'll see. But he wants to know, appreciate the donation again, Astro Thank TM. You, yes. The Broncos are done in free agency. What do you grade them? If they're done, I really don't think they're done, honestly. I've said that now a couple times. I think there will be a couple of more moves made, minor moves. I'm talking second, third wave, probably third wave. And if hopefully Derek Wolf is one of them. But as far as an overall grade, we touched on this a little bit yesterday, Zach. Uh, we Our grade on, on the Denver Broncos was their free agent uh, period so far, talking the two trades, getting A.J. Bouye, getting Jarrell Casey on top of the signings, let's say Monday through Thursday, was for me, it was high Bs, B plus. And then what changed with Melvin Gordon and then kind of a questionable decision on uh, Nick Vanette, the tight end, on Saturday brought that to low C. That's basically where we were at. And we pretty much share a brain on that. Low C overall, but maybe Zach, as we get farther away from kind of the sticker shock of the Melvin Gordon deal, that can that can climb back up. We'll see. You know, the you know, the optimistic me, I'll give it a B minus. I do like this attaching move, Chad. It's not a, a championship, you know, difference making move, but I do like the Broncos bringing back some depth and he did play well last year. I just like the Jarrell Casey trade so much. He had a great quote today on the Jim Rome show. Go on my Twitter account for anyone who wants to see it. Just a, He's so pumped about coming to Denver. Uh, he's so excited to get after quarterbacks. He's, he's really genuinely happy to team with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. He, this is one guy who's going to immediately change the whole complexion of the defense, and the Broncos got a five-time Pro Bowler for a seventh-round draft pick. They got a former All-Pro cornerback for a fourth-round draft pick. Those two moves alone, Chad, were A-pluses to me. They made some other good moves in Jeff Driscoll, Graham Glass, I'm going to be in the B minus B, B range for me. And that's even with me despising the Melvin Gordon move, me hating the, the Nick Vanette move. Elway really did more bad than good this free agent period. And the trade for Jarrell Casey, that is one of my favorite pickups they've made in quite a while. Glenn jumps in on Super Chat. We appreciate you, Glenn. Thank $5 you, Glenn. donation. The last one in the stream that it won't let us go back up to for now. He says, at what point... Do the Broncos and Wolf just make it happen? He has to be at a good price right now. Hashtag state of being in New Hampshire, baby. Rocking it, repping it in New Hampshire. Appreciate you, Glenn. It's good to have you in this conversation. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what – if it's Wolf kind of being a stickler on his price or if it's the Broncos really aren't that interested in bringing him back. I – I would find that hard to believe, though, Zach, because Derek Wolf, homegrown guy, contributed to Super Bowl 50. Yes, the injuries, but he has been an Elway guy through and through and a dutiful right. soldier. So I still remain optimistic that, that that something can get done with Derek Wolf. And even if the team has plans on vaulting Draymond Jones into a starting role opposite of Jarrell Casey this year, that's fine. Having a guy like Derek Wolf as your insurance policy, I mean, that's that would be phenomenal. Here's my guess. The Broncos made him a low ball offer, a one-year deal, low guaranteed money. This is all just being spitballing. That's what they gave him. And then he said, listen, I think I can get more on the open market. He pretty much admitted this, Chad, that he didn't like the Broncos offer and he wanted to see what else is out there for him. What he's seeing is that the Broncos offer is more toward the general feel of the rest of the NFL. They don't think he's worthy of a multi-year investment. They don't think he's worthy of high guaranteed money. And uh, he has to maybe come back to the Broncos with his tail between his legs. I don't think Derek Wolf being a prideful guy, John Elway being a prideful guy, neither one wants to say uncle. So until one of them does, until they reach some sort of compromise, we're going to see Derek Wolf on the open market. I just hope 
they don't he doesn't get snatched up. I hope another team doesn't take a chance on him because he's the perfect, like you mentioned, Chad. I don't want Draymond Jones starting in a full-time role just yet. He has great potential. He showed well last year. He's just not ready for me to be a full-time guy. I want Derek Wolf to be the one to pass that torch to him. Have Jarrell Casey, have Mike Purcell. That's a great defensive line. And you have the veteran, you have the youth, you have the perfect mix. That's just my preference. And I think the Broncos, I thought they were on board with that as well. Mr. Ronch jumps in, $5 donation. Appreciate you, you, my friend. He says, the Melvin Gordon signing was a performance and durability move to help Phillip Lindsay. What other running back would you pick to compliment Phillip? Well, I've talked about Zach in terms of free agency. I want to grab this question from Dale, too. Uh, I talked about in free agency, I like the idea of bringing in DeAndre Washington as a third down pass catching guy. But obviously, Pat Shermer has different ideas. And your point is actually right on. I think that's one of the big reasons why the Broncos went out and paid that money to Melvin Gordon to get a high quality running back because they do want to preserve Philip Lindsay and they want to be able to have a complimentary one to attack. It will, in theory, if you have a dynamic running back that you could argue is as good or approaches being as good as Philip Lindsay, that does take pressure off of him. It's friendly, competitive, you know, uh, competitive spirit only can make things even better in that running back room. But I think as long as Lindsay still gets his 15 touches, I, there will be room for Melvin Gordon to get his 15 touches and everything will be all right, Zach. Well, here's what I'll say again. If you want a breather back, fine. If you want to spell him, fine. If you want a pass catching back, fine. Did you have to spend $16 million for that guy? And when you already have Philip Lindsay, who you've kind of teased with re-signing to a new deal, that's just my biggest thing. This draft class, Chad, it might not be top-heavy with running backs, but it is loaded in the middle rounds with pass catching backs, good fast backs, powerful backs, the Zach Mosses of the world. Those are what the Broncos could have got at a fraction of the cost. You could have kept Philip Lindsay the guy you still could have spelled him you could have had a tandem with Royce Freeman brought them all in the game I just don't like you're picking up another running back and spending 16 13.5 guarantee when you have other holes throughout the roster that's where I separate from that idea Dale jumps in and says he's clarifying from the other day says I mentioned about Elway bringing in an impact players uh, that start right away I meant in the draft what prospect at 15 says to you starts day one impact player that's a great question Henry Ruggs would be one of those guys okay Um, Javon Kinlaw I don't think would be a day one impact guy Derek Brown could be a day one impact guy Jeff Gladney TCU Jeffrey Okuda could be day one Isaiah Simmons now Okuda and Simmons are two guys and even Brown probably that are going to be outside of Denver's reach but there are a few guys there's there's quite a few guys Jerry Judy CeeDee Lamb That those top three wideouts, any one of them would be a day one starter opposite of Cortland Sutton. And there are some defensive guys, some offensive tackles, maybe even, but they're not about to bench Juwan James or Garrett Bowles. So, and the Broncos still need a center. It sounds like Graham Glasgow, who the team announced today, finally has signed his deal. He's in the fold officially. It sounds like the team has designs for him to play right guard. Uh, and that being the case, you've got that center position that you need to fill. There are a couple of guys I could project as day one starters there, including Lloyd Cushenberry from LSU, Cesar Ruiz from Michigan, Tyler Biadish from Wisconsin are three names to keep an eye on. So there are plenty of guys out there, Dale. And Zach, it's just a matter of, you know, pick your poison. What's your priority if you're the Denver Broncos? And it sounds like it's wide receiver. 
Yeah, I took the words right from my mouth, Chad. Any of these top three, four, five wide receivers of the Broncos draft one, they'd be instant day one starters. I wouldn't say that about Ken Law. I wouldn't say that about a Becton or a Tristan Wirfs, unless I maybe Wirfs would start over Garrett Bowles, but even so, they have their tackles in place. They get a center, they get a cornerback, they'd be day one contributors. A wide receiver would be the biggest starter, the biggest benefactor from that. So if you're looking for a specific answer, among the, the positions they're targeting, a wide receiver would have the immediate biggest impact for the Broncos in 2020. Yeah, as much as I don't, I, I might not want to admit it, it's probably true. Christy jumps in from the top rope, showing you, her dedication. That's we, amazing. We love you. We appreciate you. you. You know, you don't have to do that. And uh, up there amongst the Mile High Huddle Mount Rushmore, we appreciate you, Christy. Much Thank love you. to you. Hope you're doing okay out there and everything's kosher for you. If, and by the way, any of our listeners out there, if there's anything we can ever do for you, please reach out and let us know during this time that's just got everybody uh, anxious as all get out. Thanks, Christy. Joseph jumps in. $10 donation. Appreciate you, Thank Joe. You, he says, is Wilkinson our starting right guard or do we keep Glasgow there and draft a center? Hashtag state of being. Where are you at, Joseph? I'm curious uh, where you're at in the world, my friend, being that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. So I'm curious where you're at, though. Wilkinson is going to be the swing guy unless the team suddenly decides to, to play Glasgow at center. Now, the team has options, Zach, because Glasgow has double-digit starts in his career at both left guard, center, and right guard. So it just comes down to how the personnel dominoes fall for this team. I think it's probably a safe bet to say he's going to end up as the right guard and the center is either going to be a drafted rookie or – Patrick Morris, who happens to be kind of a pet project of Mike Munchak, a holdover from his time in Pittsburgh that the Broncos were able to add to the roster off the waiver wire on December 3rd, uh, just this past season. So keep an eye on him. I got more on board with Glasgow because I thought he was going to be center. Then you had Wilkinson as, as the right guard for for peanuts. Now you it makes the Melvin Gordon signing even worse to me because you still need a starter along the offensive line for your franchise quarterback, and you're giving $16 million to a running back. So I would prefer Glasgow play center. I'd prefer the Broncos not have a rookie on a, a pretty young, uh, not very cohesive offensive line with Juwan James and Garrett Bowles, and they're replacing Leary and McGovern. So... Yeah, I wanted uh, the Broncos to put him at center, but we'll have to see where they go in the draft for a guard, Chad. Speaking of state of being, Terry jumps in from up in Canada. Appreciate you, Terry. $10 donation. Thank you. So consistent. One of our true Super Chat superstars. He says, this is for my bro- my Broncos brothers and sisters that aren't able. Dude, that means a lot, Terry. That's, Thank you very much, my that's friend. That's amazing. That's Thank phenomenal. You. So consistent, so outgoing. We love you. We appreciate you, my brother. Blake wants to know with the $2 donation. Appreciate Thank you, Blake. Blake. What do you guys think of Benito Jones? Great pod. Benito Jones, isn't that the big tackle from Ole Miss, if I'm not mistaken? I like him. Um, and what I know about him, I haven't spent a lot of time watching him, his tape on uh, on YouTube. However, what I've studied on him from his scouting report, from things like Eric Trickles published at milehighhuddle.com, different things, he's a solid guy, but he's probably a day three prospect defensive tackle maybe you could play him at at uh, defensive end in base packages but solid players that yeah i can't say i'm I'm a benito jones expert chad but if they're targeting someone as a developmental player on day three he's certainly uh should be a broncos target and he might end up going before that but last i checked that's where that's where trickle for example had him projected if i'm not mistaken and if i am mistaken i'll let eric correct that record 
Nad Ludlow jumps in with a two dollar donation, rocking the man. Carl Mecklenburg uh, <laughs> Abbey in his in his uh, profile pic. That's awesome, buddy. Heads up, everyone. We'll all get through it. Yes, sir. Agreed, man. That's a message of hope, and that's what I am clinging to right now. That's what I am all about: is turning the ship around, getting out of this optimism, baby. Love it, Nad. Duke jumps in. Super chat, superstar. Ten dollar donation. Thank you, dude. Sharing my Bronco love. We appreciate you, dude. That's amazing. And I uh, was looking in the stream. I couldn't see if you had shared your Twitter handle. I don't know if you were on Twitter uh, or not, but if you are, let me know so that we can tag you after the podcast. All of our super chat superstars. We want to know what your Twitter handles are. Let's grab some non-super chats here. We want to we want to balance it out for everybody. Miller seven hundred seven champ on YouTube. Zach Denver always is and always will be number one. Casey, not even in their shadow. You obviously have nothing better to do. I was talking about the troll, paying attention to the Broncos for a reason. Stay scared and have a good day. You know, there's something to be said about as a fan base having class. All right. I don't remember, I wasn't exactly policing the issue. However, as someone who has managed a big Broncos website and a few big Broncos social media accounts, I have seen the way Broncos country as world champions reacted to division rivals and outside teams following Super Bowl 50. And there weren't the type to try and rub anybody's nose in it and try and be a troll and trigger reactions. That's the sign of a low-class fan. Now, I'm not calling Chiefs Kingdom low-class, but I think Broncos country is better than that, Zach. Well, let me just say as well that losers don't have haters. So if the Broncos have haters right now, it means they're doing something right. It means they're still a formidable franchise. They're not that far removed from being world champions. And they've had more overall success this last decade or last, I guess, last 30, 40 years than the Chiefs did before this past season. So it's just, you know, that's how it's always going to be in the NFL. You're always going to have rival fans. But I tend to agree with what Chad said. You don't see that the beating of the chest like you do with uh, Chiefs fans and Raiders fans. And you're going to hear a lot more. More of it, unfortunately, because the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl, but uh, just have to just take it in stride, I guess. Well, one of the things about it is, you know, act like you've been there before. The Broncos have been there before That's many, good point. You know, <laughs> several times. They've been to eight Super Bowls. All right. Now, of course, we haven't won them all three and five in the Super Bowl. We all know that. However, the Broncos, Broncos fans, I think, operate from a position of act like you've been there before. This is uncharted waters for Kansas City Chiefs fans. They've never been on top of the mountain. This is all new to them. So you're going to have idiot trolls like that. Uh, that are going to give him a bad name. Trevor jumps in with a question, He says, or at least a comment. He says, we need to get Rashad Perryman before we hit the draft. That way, if we miss on rugs, we still have a burner with 428 speed. I'm not sure Trevor Perryman, he might have once ran, I don't know, 428? I'm not sure about that. But even if he did at one point run that quickly, there's a pretty good chance he doesn't quite have that speed. I have said anymore – I have said, Zach, that I'd be open to it. I know you're a lot less high on the idea of bringing in Perriman. If it was a one-year kind of vet, close to vet minimum, I don't think he's going to get much better than that. He's still languishing out there on the open market, probably going to end up being a third-wave guy. If you can get him in here for a relative team-friendly type of deal, I'd be all for him as a kind of fallback option. I think he could make an impact as a three or four in Denver. Well, knowing Elway, he'll give him twenty million guarantee, Chad. So we have to just hope it's a one-year prove-it deal. I don't like the idea of like I said this about running back. I said this about other positions. I don't like the idea of wasting money on a veteran receiver. If you miss out on rugs, there's still Judy, there's still Lamb, there's still Mims, there's still Rager. There are so many good receivers in this draft class. I would not want to dump any money into that position. The Broncos haven't so far for a reason. When it's such a historically deep class this year, so Paramount to me, he can uh, keep languishing. All right, guys. 
Um, let's grab this one here from Brian, dude. You don't have to do that, man. You really don't have to super chat. You are right now. You're the, you're the record holder. You're all time. You're up there on the Mount Rushmore. You know, we love you. We appreciate you. And by the way, Brian, I think you're not last we checked with you. You weren't on Twitter. If you are on Twitter, will you let us know so that we can start tagging you after the show? We do put, just put your name in those tweets, but it'd be cool to be able to tag you as well. My friend, uh, Zach, let's grab a couple more and then we'll wind this down and get out of here for tonight. Uh, Derek, Wright, $5 donation. Appreciate you, Derek. you, Derek. He says, when things go wrong, give it to Gordon and he'll make the problems go away. So Zach, again, there's a lot of fans that are happy and optimistic and excited. Melvin Gordon, a two-time pro bowler, former first round pick number 15 overall in the draft, Wisconsin guy. Derek Wright is trying to see the silver lining in the Melvin Gordon edition. I mean, he'll make the problem go away or he'll go away and hold out. It's one of the two for Melvin Gordon. So I remain a little skeptical of the move. It's going to take a lot for me to, to to be on board with the Broncos giving up that much money when they had other holes to fill, but I'll be the first one to eat crow as well if I'm wrong. We'll just have to wait until September, hopefully, and see how it shakes out. You know, and there is, I mean, honestly, he's a good player. He really is a good player. Like I, there's... I think he'll end up making a, an impact. I just don't know if it's going to be worthy of that 13 and a half yep. million guaranteed, Zach. That's where I'm at. Uh, speaking of, let me grab this from Jeff real quick. Jeff, it's shot by uh, your super chat card. So I'm going to just put you on the screen like this, my friend. He wanted us to, he reached out also on social media before the show. And by the way, guys, if there are ever topics you want us to address on a given day, reach out on social media, shoot us an email. We'll always try to oblige you. Jeff reached out earlier uh, wanting to talk about the punter situation. I know it's not the sexiest topic, Zach, but the Denver Broncos do need an upgrade in that department. Thank you for the donation, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. You've got – what's his name? Sorry, I just had a little buffering period there. Uh, Trevor Daniel. Trevor Daniel, yes. That's the punter the Broncos signed at the tail end of the season. He was a former Houston uh, Texan starting punter from a couple years back that at, at worst is going to compete with Colby Wadman. I still think, Zach, the Broncos either end up drafting a punter this year or they end up bringing one in from the college free agent ranks, and it could end up being a two- or three-headed attack competition. <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll thin that herd pretty quickly down to two guys by training camp, but they're going to try and churn that position and improve there. They have. To. There's no way Wadman is on the roster come week one. There's no way the Broncos go into another season with Wadman and Tom McMahon as the coordinator there. They really, really do need another punter. And I would use a fifth or sixth round pick. I know it's not popular. I know people think it's a waste of a draft pick, but the Broncos, it's a weapon to have. They can flip the field. They can pin opponents deep. It's good to have. And the absence of it, when you have a bad punter, you feel it with Wadman now. So absolutely, he cannot be on the roster come week one. Arguably the the mayor of our, our chat community on YouTube, Buana Beast. Also, Buana is one of those guys that's been keeping the conversation going at milehighhuddle.com, engaging on all the articles, engaging in the community. A lot of love and appreciation for Buana Beast. He says, so I never got to say my feelings for Gordon. I hate it more than the fan move. This is a guy, Buana, who has been pretty consistent in not liking the, the Noah Fant draft pick last year. So I guess I have a new thing to complain about. Now you know. That's how Buana feels. Drew jumps back in. You don't have to do that, bro. Thank you, Drew. Double dipping because y'all deserve it. Look at him rocking that that hat like a boss, dude. Appreciate you, Drew. You are the man. Discount audio and wheels, D-A-Dub. By the way, if you have a physical location, like if you are a 
audio, you know, if you do audio and wheels somewhere, let us know where you're at. We'll try and get some people to come your way. My brother he says, uh, Gordon money blah could have gone to so many other needs. The only upside giving lock more weapons since, since Elway, um, drafted running backs are bust stuck at home fellas 30 i'm not sure the 30 30 days philip Lindsay. <laughs> oh well maybe. i don't know but yeah i mean that's uh that's a fair point i mean again talking about the silver lining i i don't want anyone to mistake what i'm saying i'm not i'm not trashing melvin gordon as a player he's a salt he's an above average running back two-time pro bowler again former first round pick i think he's he, not i think he upgrades the running back room and he does Zach give drew lock more weapons with which to work. Well, I mean, this is the argument I heard Chad that Broncos fans didn't want Elway drafting another running back. Cause he's been so bad with that, but he was been bad with drafting quarterbacks too. And he picked drew lock last year and everyone seems to love that move for obvious reasons. So it, it's just not a viable excuse or justification to pay Melvin Gordon that much money. Again, I'll say this for the hundredth time and hopefully the final time <clears throat> it is not Melvin Gordon. I have a problem with it is the money they spent to acquire him. Miller, been a Broncos fan for 24 years now. I live in Santa Rosa, California, next to Oakland. I get a lot of heat for it, but Denver all day, every day. Go Denver. So were you able to get to the Super Bowl? Because that was close to where the Super Bowl was played in uh, Super Bowl 50 in Santa Clara. I know it's, what, probably 25 to, well, 45-minute drive. I'm not sure exactly, but hopefully you were able to. Joseph jumps in with a $5 donation again. Appreciate you, Joe. North Dakota. Okay. See, again, hashtag state of being, baby. Broncos country stretches across the globe, and we love being the ambassadors for those those uh, expatriates in the, in the real sense of the words, people that are expats, all right, that are, are expelled from the mother country, expelled from Denver itself. We're all out there. We're all in different parts of the world, and we're all breaking down the Broncos and talking about it and sharing that passion and it is so fun. Uh, Alan Alvarado, a new name to the Super Chat. Appreciate you, Thank Alan. Thank you, Alan. We'll uh, keep an eye out for any yeah. potential drop questions. Us, that you drop have. us a question. Let us know. Yeah. Ron Dub jumps back in. There he is. And by the way, I saw that you're on Twitter. Followed you back, my friend. Uh, he says, do you think moving Isaac Adam to safety or as an ILB hybrid would be better for him? I don't know about the hybrid, but, Ron, we talked a little bit about this and, and – uh, Zach, of course, you were you were off on Friday and Saturday, but Eric and I, I can't remember which night it was, but Eric talked about the Broncos potentially considering moving Isaac Adams to safety, which I think would be a significantly better use for his overall yeah. skill set, take him off the, the island and allow him to play more to his physical strengths. It would keep the game in front of him. They keep the action in front of him. He doesn't have to have the, his back to the football. He doesn't have to worry about reaction time or getting his head around it all being in front of him. He's a good tackler. He has the size. I mean, that would be a, a move that I get on board with. And you never know. The Broncos need that third safety that just lost Will Parks. Could be Isaac Adam. They could turn him into chicken salad after having chicken, you know what, for the last couple of years. <laughs> that's a that's a Zach-ism that I still get a crack out of. Um, all right, guys, one or two more, and then we'll get out of here for tonight. Ryan saying this podcast is the only thing keeping me awake at night while I'm working. Thanks, Zach and Chad. You guys have been working super hard trying to keep everybody upbeat. Appreciate you, Ryan. It's good yeah. to see it as always in the stream, part of the conversation. Love the passion, love the consistency. Angela jumping in from Canada, supporting wow. FY, uh, FYI YouTube issues the last few days, resolved them. 
today. Thank you for the donation, Thank Angela. So and that's much. something, uh, Zach, that we heard from a few. Buona Beast talked about it. A few different members reached out to me. It's talked about it in the stream last night, reached out to us uh, individually that they weren't seeing, they weren't getting the notification when we went live. They weren't easily finding the, the live stream chat room to be able to participate in the live chat. And so from what I'm hearing from Angela, heard it from Buona and others today, it miraculously snapped back into action and everything seems to be fine there. And again, thank you, Angela. Yeah, we've had some uh, complaints about sound issues as well. So hopefully our sound's coming through clear. Let us know if it's not, though. We'll try to improve that for our next show. Yeah, anytime you guys notice something like that, let us know. We want to get on top of any kind of sound or visual quality issues ASAP. And you know, normally if there is an issue, we, we, you know, we're well aware of it. We pick it out in the podcast because I download these videos after every podcast and upload it as a podcast for those who listen after the fact on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeart, and all that. And usually if there's an audio issue, I pick, I can identify and I pick it out there, but I haven't noticed anything or, uh, lately. So if I did miss something, by all means, let us know. James, you don't have to do that, bro. You, oh. You're going through some, some uncertain times. You don't have to do that. And by the way, you still haven't reached out to us, dog. We need your physical address, dude. Milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Do it today. Appreciate your donation. You know you didn't have to do that. He says, we need to just use Spencer. Teach him to run routes. Talking about Deontay Spencer, the Pro Bowl alternate wide receivers act. Yeah, it worked out well for Brendan Langley last year, didn't it, Chad? Moving him to wide receiver. It just takes more than just running really fast. So as much as, you know, his speed is an asset, but they need hands too. They need route running ability. And you're going to find that guy in the first round of the draft more than likely. Yeah, we were talking about that today. Black Knight wanted to know about uh, just a, an opinion on the uh, Redskins acquiring Kyle Allen via trade from uh, Carolina, which was one of the few little pieces of news across the NFL that broke today. And again, Make sure you, that's one of the reasons why we tell you follow us on Twitter. The conversation continues outside of these podcasts, whether it's at milehighhuddle.com, whether it's on social media. We want to and love hearing from you guys. So, again, there's a reason we're telling you follow us on Twitter. But, guys, that's got to do it for today's Huddle Up podcast. Thanks to everybody who has joined us live, everyone on Facebook, everyone on YouTube, participating in the stream, Periscope. We're even streaming now to Twitch. We'll see what happens with that. We have zero presence on Twitch, so we're just kind of streaming into the abyss at this point. We'll see if anything comes back to us, but we're just trying to get the podcast out to as many members of Broncos country as possible. Uh, and again, guys, yeah, so Suede was uh, having a problem too, not being able to find the pod. So, geez. Um, anyway, guys, thank you for joining us. A mile high salute to each and every one of our Super Chat superstars. You know we love you. You know we appreciate you. We're going to be off tomorrow night, Zach and I. However, you will get a fresh episode, a live pod of Building the Broncos. Get to hear from Nick and Carl and, and check in with those guys, see what's going on there. In the meantime, also, again, here's how you follow us on Twitter, the main show account, which Zach and I respond to, at HuddleUpPod. The main channel account at Mile High Huddle on Twitter. And you can see here individually where to follow Zach at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jensen. And Zach, just like our listeners, I hope you have a great start to your week, bro. And we'll be back in the saddle Wednesday night. You too, my man. And hopefully we have some news to talk about. Maybe Derek Wolf's resigning or Prince of Mukamar or just uh, some general news around the world. Just hang in there, guys. Be sure to wash your hands. Don't touch your face. And uh, we'll get through this together. There we go, baby. First verified listener viewer oh, there it is. live on Twitch. Good to see you. Slim Jim Tiny Tim 1. 
Nice handle there, buddy. Kind of a tongue twister. Anyway, thanks again, everybody. We'll be back Wednesday night, 615 Mountain, 815 Eastern, as per usual. Until then, stay safe, stay hopeful, stay optimistic, stay positive, and we will see you guys then. For Zach. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.